Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. How are we? Cool. So I can see that you're the good-looking people who've come to the afternoon session. You're all the good ones this morning. They were a bit ugly, but it's nice to see a good... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. How are you all? All right? Good. How many of you were here for the first time? Okay. So I'll just explain who I am, just so you're aware. My name is Grayson. I'm originally from the land of my fathers, the land of Wales, where they sing all the time. The people just walk around. No, they don't. But actually, uh, I was born in a place called Tonna, just outside a place called Neath, which is not far from Swansea, uh, South Wales, and um, grew up, did all the stuff that everybody does, and then the 24 got saved, totally, radically changed by Jesus. Um, Within 18 months, I'd met my wife, we got married, got married six weeks before we went to Bible college, and then we went to Bible college, living in dorms, six weeks having been married, so we learned to argue in whispers because the walls were really thin <laughs> not not a good way for your first year of marriage but we didn't know anything different so we managed we've got four kids uh, my oldest is 29 he's planting a church in Swansea my second oldest 27 he's a football player professional fo- football player um, my third is in Doncaster with us he's working in the church he's our creative and worship uh, director and then my daughter she's 22 uh, she's the youngest. She's married to our campus pastor in Doncaster, so Doncaster, and so she's serving with him there. I've got one wife. Her name is Del, and I got one dog. His name is Harley, and now you know me. We're friends. You okay? Fantastic. Ready for the Word of God? Okay. I'm going to talk about transformed. This this strange term that the Bible uses about transformation, about being transformed in our lives, not conformed. We're not meant to conform to society. We're not meant to be people who just give in to what's going on and think, oh, well, I've got to be like everybody else. We're meant to stand out. We're meant to be different. We're meant to uh, have lives that operate differently. So the New Living Translation of Ephesians 4 says this, but that But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Put off, put on. Put off. Put on. I was talking this morning about faith. If we are going to be followers of Jesus, then we need to be people of faith. And I would encourage you to get the podcast, have a listen to it, see what God wants you living by, wants us living by faith. But faith alone is not the whole thing. We have to be people of faith. And I wanted to speak that this morning because I want, I want the church that, that Jesus is building to be significantly faith people. Because sometimes you get it wrong, sometimes you mess up, sometimes life doesn't work out, but in the midst of it, God wants to do miracles, yes? He wants to do incredible things, and we need to be people of faith. But wherever we come from, whoever we are, all of us have problems. 
Oh, oh, sorry, I'm in the wrong church. I forgot. I forgot we're in Cambridge this morning. You're all posher down here and you don't have problems. Liars. We all have problems, don't we? We know. We know we have these problems. Yes? I have tons of problems. And not just problems in my life. I am a problem in life. My biggest problem is not the people I deal with. It's not the church. It's not the principalities and powers we try to challenge. It's me. My biggest problem is trying to contain and sort me out. Is that just me? If it wasn't for me, I would be fine. <laughs> the problem is everywhere I go, I'm there with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Are you with me? And sometimes you're trying to run away from the very problem, which is you, and you're blaming everybody else for it. And everybody else can see it except you. Actually, look in the mirror and say, you're the problem, but I've got an answer for you. Because that's what the Bible teaches us. It teaches us constantly, whatever we've been through, whatever we're going through, whatever issue, we need to understand that when we're saved by grace, there is a power that is available to us called the Holy Spirit. And he wants to activate transition and transformation in our lives so that we can walk, not according to the things of the flesh, but according to the things of the spirit. So that we can focus our lives doing what he wants us to do. And so you might be sitting here today, you might have anger problems, or you might have uh, lust issues, or you might have issues with uh, dishonor or unforgiveness or lack of submission, you're rebellious or, you know, whatever it is, you might find yourself sitting here saying, well, I've got this problem. It doesn't matter what your problem is. What I've found is that all of us have something we've got to deal with. So we all have to take off the old life and put on the new life. That's what he says. He says we have to Throw off your old sinful nature. I like the way that the, uh, the new living says, throw off and put on. Yeah. Now, there is a translation, put off and put on. But he says, throw off. Why? Because we need to throw the old life away. And we need to learn what it is to, sieve, to live with this new life. But in the middle of those verses, there's two verses. He says, throw off the old, put on the new. But the key, the key I want to talk about today is verse 23, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit, notice what he says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So it's all you've got to do is just let God do it all. Amen. No, that's not true. Faith says that I've got to live in God. I've got to be planted in him. I've got to activate my faith. But there's more than that. I have to allow the Holy Spirit to work. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal for all of us. God wants to do a miracle for you today. He wants to do it. The problem is not God. The problem is often us. We can't believe. We can't break through. We're not in the right position. We're not in the right place. If he gives us the miracle now, we'll get a fix, but we won't get faith. We won't move into what he's got for us. God's problem is getting things to us and through us, not us having it's God getting it's not God getting to us that's getting you with me God wants to do it for you because the Bible says this that God is no uh, he, he doesn't care about who's who what is it what's the word I respecter thank you he's no respecter of man so so pastor Phil is no different to you no different to me he, I'm no different to him. He's no different to me. We all operate by faith. There's something that we can press into. We all believe God. When the Holy Spirit is working in our lives, he can do things for us. The problem is, very often, God getting us to, con- to get convinced about that. Yeah. 
That, that we will allow the Holy Spirit to work. That we will allow him to do what he needs to do. He wants the Holy Spirit to come and help you to think correctly. Help you think correctly. Now, I don't know what your background is. I don't know who you are. I don't know where you come from. But I know this. You have been created by the life that you've had. So if you come from a, an African culture, you will have an African bias. If you come from the UK, you'll have a UK bias. If you come from a small village, you'll have a small village bias. If you come from a broken family, you'll have a broken family bias. If you come from a posh family where you've had everything given to you, you have that bias. If you've lived through hard times, you have that bias. If you've had it easy, you have... Every one of us have been created by our experiences. And whether good or bad, whether you look at your life and you think, I've had a brilliant upbringing, it doesn't matter. There are still things broken in you and truths that you hold that are not necessarily true. Hello? There are stuff that I think, and I wonder, why am I thinking that way? When I was growing up, and you probably all did this, when I was growing up and my dad would do certain things and say certain things, I say, when I'm older, I have kids, I'll never be like him. I will never, and then years later when I get kids, I hear my dad coming through my life and I think, he's there. How did he get there? It's because you catch things more than you realize. So you are created. Your doubts, your attitudes, the way you handle life, the way you do life, the way you think about yourself. Some of you right now, you've got a terrible idea of who you are. You are amazing and yet you think you're rubbish. Some of you are not that great. You think you're incredible. <laughs> Paul says this, that we, we ought to not think too highly about ourselves. But what is he saying? He's saying humility. Humility is not thinking less of me. It's thinking of me less. And so what we need to do is not downgrading ourselves, but to get this challenge going on inside our lives. Because whoever we are, whatever we've come from, we have truth that is not necessarily true. Isn't it? If I said to you, when I was driving in this morning, I was coming, I came off the A11, just onto the M11, and then I took that turn off, and right in front of me were 50 guys with balaclavas on and machetes and guns, and they were smashing this car up. They were, I don't know what they were doing, but I know they were coming down into this. Now, if I wasn't in the middle of a sermon, you'd probably believe me and think, Seriously? I better go home. I better find out what's going on. You start worrying, not because it's true, but because I told you it's true. I, I've stood in churches before now, and this is the honest truth. And I said, guys, last week, last week I was in a church and somebody dropped dead. I ran off the pulpit. I prayed for them. And up they came to life. And, oh, that's amazing. I said, that's a lot of rubbish. That's a lie. I just made it up. What we do in life is we live like that. Because the paper says it, well, it must be true. Who says that? Because my parents said it, it must be true. Is it? Because the teacher said you'll never make anything in life doesn't mean it's true. What is God saying? And are we living by that? Because that is true. And what we need sometimes is not our truth, it's his truth. We need to get his word into us. Listen to Romans 12 and verse 2 in the Passion Translation. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. 
a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Transformed. He's saying, I don't want you to be conformed, not just to the world out there, the world in you. You've got a world of thought going on inside of you. You've got a thought about marriage. You've got a thought about men and women. You've got a thought about how kids need to be brought up. Some of it is brilliant. Some of it's naff. And what we need is God's thoughts. We need his mind. We need to understand his ways. Why? Because he is the only one who's right. He's the only one who got it right. I've been saved 32 years. I've picked up some baggage in the church over the last 32 years. And things that I thought were really true. And now I thought, why am I doing this? Is it actually true? And then a lot of it is just picked up. Just stuff that's put on us and stuff that's, you know, been around. And we saw somebody doing it and then we do it. And then we think, actually, why am I doing this? You read the Bible. The great thing about Jesus, he walks into the midst of a people who were religious, who were in bondage. And he comes and talks about a God who wanted them free. But even then, they heard what they thought they heard. Oh, he's come to set us free. He's going to overthrow Rome. Jesus had no intention of overthrowing Rome. He wanted to set them free. What is freedom to you? What is freedom? You know when you come to church and the preacher says, God wants you to be free. He wants you to break free. What does that mean to you? I can do what I like. Or I've got to take responsibility. Because when you're talking to a prisoner... Freedom means responsibility, not I can do what I like. Because if you do what you like, you're back in prison. Are you with me? So it's how we manage our thinking when it comes to the Word of God. So a few things, how we transform our thinking. First of all, we have to recognize the power of our thoughts. We have to understand that you are what you think. Hello? You are as good or as bad as you think. And transformation is not just thinking different thoughts, it's thinking new thoughts, his thoughts. Sometimes, you know, when you get saved, I used to think about sinful things. Now I'm a Christian, I won't think about sinful things. It doesn't work like that. You still think sinful things. You can still have doubts. You can still have... What we need is his thinking to get taken over our thinking. You see, God lives in possible. God lives in can God lives in, I will. God lives in incredible. We live in small, can't, won't, shan't. And God wants to blow our thinking. Listen to what John, John 8, 32. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Your mind is full of errors, inaccuracies, misunderstandings, misrepresentations. Flawed thinking, flawed activity. Because you were brought up in a certain place doesn't mean that place was right. That's why we come to church, to hear what God has to say, not what we think he has to say. You know when you read the Bible, I was talking this morning, you've got to get into the word of God, get the word of God in you. Can I, can I plead with you? Don't read the word. Let the word read you. In other words, don't come to the word and say, oh, I know what that means. Let it speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit bring truth to you. It'll blow your mind. I've never seen that. I've never thought that before. Because when you read the Bible, sometimes you can read it on autopilot. Oh, I've read this story a thousand times. You know what I mean? I've read the Bible 
dozens of times. So when I'm reading passages, I've, I've preached those passages and looked at them, but there's always a new angle when God speaks. And we've got to be open to that because that's the stuff that does your head in in the right way. God wants to do your head in. Do you know what I mean? He wants to get you, open you up to new truth, new understanding, new revelation, new insight, new thinking. Just because we think something is true, it doesn't mean it's true. So you've been programmed by life to, to teach you what is right, but it doesn't mean it's right. And if you want to live in his truth, then you will find freedom. But if you're living in your truth, you may be finding more bondage. Maybe the problem is the way we approach things because we look at it from our perspective. So my perspective is, here. I'm seeing you. So I was church today. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of different people in. How was church today? You're looking at me. We have different perspectives according to where we stand. And where we stand gives us a viewpoint, doesn't it? So my viewpoint now is looking at you. My viewpoint creates my point of view. Now for you, right, you might say, how many were there? Was so-and-so there? You might not see them because you're sitting at the front. I'm standing, I can see you all. Oh, yeah, I noticed the lady at the back, and I, I noticed the person with the, you know, and I could, I could explain to you differently because I have a different viewpoint, which creates my point of view. You've grown up with a viewpoint. You've been trained to think a certain way. You've been trained to rationalize a certain way. Your parents or your, your place of upbringing trained you to think in a certain way. It created in you a viewpoint that has given you from a point of view. Or a point of view from a viewpoint. Yeah. Are you with me? <laughs> and what happens is, see, because you've got that point of view, you, you begin to think things. The Bible says this, Romans 8 and verse 5. Are we okay with this? Yeah. Romans 8 and verse 5 says, the mind that's focused on the things of the flesh will fulfill the things of the flesh. Mind that's focused on the things of the spirit will fulfill the things of the spirit. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. Wow. So, how do you overcome some of your problems? Don't answer me. How do you overcome some of your problems? Let me give you how, how often I see people trying to overcome problems. I have a problem. Maybe let's, we'll pick on greed. Okay? I'm greedy. I don't like it when other people have things. So what do I do? I go to God. And what do I say? God, I don't like the fact that I've got this problem with greed. Greed? I, 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 will you get, help me get rid of greed? Greed? Will you? God, I don't like being greedy. God, please help me with greed. I'm mentioning all the time to God about my greed. What am I focusing on? The things of the flesh. I don't need to talk to God about my greed. I need to talk to greed about my God. Greed. In Jesus' name, I thank you that I had a problem with greed. But I thank you that I'm living free. I thank you, Jesus, when you came into my life, you now what am I doing? I'm putting my mind on the things of the Spirit. I'm not talking about my problem. I'm talking about, I'm talking to my problem about God. Because the thing you focus on is the thing you're going to do more. Unforgiveness is a classic, isn't it? God, God help me. Oh, I want to forgive Jack, but I hate the way he did that. And, and you're reminding yourself over and over and over and over and over. Every day you're reminding yourself of the thing that's driving you nuts. And you think, I'm praying about it. Stop praying about it. Start speaking at it. I thank you that I forgive that person in Jesus' name. And I, but I don't feel it. I thank you that I forgive. And what you do, you're speaking life over the situation rather than death. Yeah. 
Because the problem is, it says the mind that's set on the things of the Spirit will fulfill the things of the Spirit. So what happens is, right, the more you focus on something, the more your mind gets set. Your mind sets. It's a mindset. A mindset is when, when you've set, it's con- consolidated. It's like concrete. Concrete is fluid. Thoughts are fluid. They come into your mind, they come rationally into your thinking, and you can think anything. You can be sitting down and you're thinking, when all of a sudden a mind pops in, where on earth did that come? But if you start thinking about that, you start giving that energy, before long, it becomes a mindset. Ever talk to somebody with a mindset? You start talking to them and you say, hey, how's it going? Yeah, well, it's okay for you. You think, what's the matter? And then they'd always on this mindset do you know what I mean they've got this thing that they're always on with this thing that they've got if you don't fight a mindset it turns into a stronghold now if you have a look at 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5 says that we take captive any thought against Christ we bring it under Christ so we take it captive that that word bringing it captive into captivity is it's, it's about a stronghold. It's, it's a fortress with a drawbridge. What happens, right, is that we live with a mindset. And if you don't get truth to confront it, before long, you defend it. So you've now got a fortress. You've spoken to people and you've said, you know, God loves you. No, I don't love me. No, no, he loves you. No, he doesn't love me. He can't love me. And what's happened is the mindset has become so strong that now they've drawn up the drawbridge. Now they're defending it. Yeah, but you don't know what I'm like and you, don't, you, you, you can't think. And they're giving you excuse after excuse after excuse after excuse. A stronghold there. You know what the Bible says? The only weapons that we can use in that warfare is the word of God. The weapons, not, not, not natural, but spiritual weapons to bring it down under Christ. Every thought you have must be brought under Christ. God, I don't feel good today, so I'm bringing it under Christ. God, I'm not feeling as if I can break through, but I'm bringing it under you. Because you say I'm more than the conqueror. You say that I can do all things through Christ. There's something in you that is, that is buoyant because you are bringing it under Christ. You're living, you're planted, you're rooted. There's something flowing through your thinking. And it doesn't make sense. I am more than a conqueror, but I feel like a worm. But I'm more than a conqueror. But I feel like running. I'm going to stand strong because I'm more than a conqueror. Why do you need to speak it? You need to speak it because you don't feel it. You don't even think it. But the word is more powerful than your thinking, your feeling, anything that you do. We need to be people of truth. I can't do it. I'm no good. Listen to Proverbs 23 verse 7 in the Amplified. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As you think. So if you think you are rubbish, you're going to live at the lowest level of your life. You've got to challenge that. Because there's no person rubbish in this room. You've got a head full of rubbish maybe. But you are not rubbish. You have problems maybe, but you're not a problem. You have challenges, but you're not the issue. And God wants to strip that stuff off you. The Holy Spirit wants to breathe into you to start thinking differently about yourself. Start understanding who you really are. You're a child of God. Now, I don't know if you're into the royal family or not. So if you aren't, bear with me. Royal family, two babies born, 
George and somebody else. She was born recently. Now, the thing is, right, I guarantee there's nobody sitting down to George saying, George, eat your food, you're a prince. Eat your food, you're a prince. When he grows up at 20, right, George is going to walk into every place and he's going to expect everybody to bow before him, to curtsy before him. He's going to have everything done for him. He's going to, his whole world is already mapped out for him and serving, serving, serving. You know why that's going to happen? Because he's been brought up as a prince. You haven't been brought up as a prince, but you are one. And you've got to learn what it is. Have you seen the pauper and the prince? One of them comes in and the pauper, and he has to learn what it, was, what it is to take on, to act like a prince. And if you've, if you've watched the film, they, there's one who's arrogant and the other one now who's, who's not arrogant. He comes in and they, they swap places. So the prince goes out in the streets and tries to live on the street and the pauper has to become a prince. So he has to walk differently. You see, when you're a pauper, you're walking down with your head to the floor. You're nobody. When you're a prince, you walk into a room and you're actually, you're regal. You walk slow through the crowds because you're not running anywhere. You know that you've got, you've got stature. When you walk as a prince, there's an elegance about you. There's a, an authority about you. That's what you are. So why are you cowering in the shadows? Why are you hiding when somebody says, hey, can you do this? Oh, I can't do that. I can never do that. Don't give in to your thinking. Don't give in to that mindset that says, I can't, I want, I'm not able. You are greater than you can ever understand. Listen, you can't think flesh and create spirit. You cannot live with negativity and hope for a positive life. You cannot live in doubt and hope for the results of faith. You have to change your thinking. You have to transform your thinking. You have to make sure that you understand your thought life. Secondly, we have to control our thinking. I I don't know about you. Most people I meet never think about what they think about. Do you think about what you think about? Seriously. Most of us are like, we've got a door each side of our head. Door for in, door for out. And it just, everything just blows through. Everything just happens to us and people put whatever they want to in us and they say this to us and they say that to us and we go, oh, right, okay, yeah, okay. Oh, it must be good then. So we look at TV and it says Brexit is terrible. And we think, oh, dreadful, it's going to be murder. And then somebody else says Brexit, best thing ever. Oh, fantastic, I feel good today. We got to control our thoughts. We are in control of our thinking. We are the ones who have to grasp our thoughts. Now, the problem is most of us are not choosing our thoughts. They're just blowing through us. A thousand thoughts. Even while I've been speaking, some of you thought, oh, I wonder where I parked it. Did I put the lights off? Oh, did I? You know, it's a million things just invading the space of your brain. Well, sometimes the space of your head because the brain is. And the fact is, we have to control our thinking. So do you think about what you think about? Have you, have you ever, maybe, maybe this is just me, where you're, um, where you're standing and you're thinking to yourself, oh, I'm feeling a bit cold. I wonder where my coat is. Oh, where, where did I buy that coat? Yeah, I think I bought that when I was in Canada. Oh, yeah, I remember being in Canada. It was amazing. I can, I can remember we went into that restaurant. That beef, that beef was incredible. Oh, I could do with a steak right now. Where can I get a steak? I wonder if, actually, I wonder. And you start looking at your phone. It actually started by you thinking it's cold. 
Do you know what I mean? You've run all of this. And sometimes I stop myself and think, how did I get you? What the freak am I doing? And I have to follow myself back. Oh, yeah, it's there. Daydreaming, meandering. Some of us, we don't stop that. We just live like that. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, you've got to get some thoughts. You've got to get some convictions. You've got to understand some things about, about Jesus, about who he is, about what he wants for us. You've got to, it means you've got to take the rubbish out. I don't know if you've ever been in the house when maybe the bins are overflowing and nobody wants to clean them up. You know that time when you're hoping the wife will do it or you're hoping the husband will do it or you're just chancing that the kids will do it or whatever it is. But it begins to stink. Some of us have got stinking thinking. Some of us have got some thoughts that should have been binned years ago. Seriously. And just because you're in church, don't think that they're not there. Church can be one of the worst places. Because in church, when you come into church, we can live in everybody's expectation. Can't we? Oh, well, they do that. I've got to do that. And they do that. And I've got to do that. And they do that. And I've got to do that. And Jesus says, Hoi, hello, me. What do I want you to do? And the last person we're thinking about is him because we're so worried about everybody else. And God wants us to think about what we're thinking about and take that rubbish out so that we can deal with our thinking. What do you like when something goes wrong? Do you blame the situation? Do you look for the problem? Do you blame God? Do you blame the people? Or do you think, okay, God, what's going on here? What are you doing in me? What is it that you want? You see, if you have a negative understanding of things, it's very easy to, to latch on to the negative. And all of a sudden, you're in a spiral of thinking that takes you to the wrong place. And God tells us how we are meant to think. Philippians 4 and verse 8 says this, Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about these things. Now let me just read this to you if the devil was saying it. Okay? Whatever is a lie, whatever is shameful, whatever is wrong, whatever is impure, whatever is horrible, whatever is disrespectful and hurtful, if anything is second-rate or dishonorable, think about such things. Now I wonder what we think about the most. Are we thinking about the positive and the good or are we thinking about the rubbish? Because some of us are just, not through our own fault, just by life, Nobody's blaming anybody here. Nobody's, I'm not saying, you know, you got great thinking, I've got bad, or you got bad and I've got great. We're all in this boat together. We all need help. And the Holy Spirit is here for us. Amen. That's the great thing about it. But we have to work with him. Yeah. And he's not doing it for you. You see, what we want to do, we want to come into church and we want, bing, I think positive now. <laughs> have, anybody, have anybody seen the film, I Feel Pretty? Have anybody seen it? No? Can I do a spoiler for you, just in case you watch it? You'll have to watch it, okay? There's this girl, right? So how can I describe her? She's like me. She's got a little bit, she's got a bit more pounds than she has anything else. Do you know what I mean? So a little bit of weight. So she's in the gym. She goes into the gym this day. She works in the basement of the basement of the basement with this other guy, two like dropouts. And she works in this place. And up above them on the third floor are where all the models go. So all the models are working, they're doing their stuff, and she sees them go in every day. Why am I working you? And she, she decides to go to the gym. So she gets on this bike in the gym, and she's like rather large. Everybody else is, you know, thin and doing their stuff. Anyway, she's on this bike, falls off the bike, and bangs her head. 
So when she bangs her head, she all of a sudden looks herself in the mirror and thinks, I'm gorgeous. I am stunning. And so now for the rest of the film, she's acting out of what she believes she is. So she walks in everywhere, you know, and she's, somebody's asking for a number off somebody else. He's, oh, you want my number? And it's all, it's really funny. But what's happened to her? She's deluded. <laughs> but it's a good deluded. Some of us need a bang on the head. We do. Do you know why? Because we're fed up of it. We are fed up of you going off on one. We need you to find out what God thinks about you so that you can be the person we need you to be. Because we're fed up of you just going off on one. You're doing a tizzy in your head and we're all getting the effects of it because you are feeling bad. And we want you to feel good, but we can't help you because you need to help you. Rant over. Listen to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I hope I didn't offend anybody then. But it's true, isn't it? If I'm thinking good, you'll feel good. If I'm thinking bad, you get it in the neck. Isn't it? It's the same in the house with... You know, I, I've, I've got four kids, like I say. I've got a dog. I've got a house to live and to do all the stuff. I can get all that up in my head because I've had a bad day. And it's nothing to do with anybody in the home. And they get it all. Church is a dumping ground. But it also needs to be a place where we shift. I don't think there's anybody in this room minds you dumping as long as you do it once. If you're doing it every week. Hey, come on. Let's get the Holy Spirit doing some stuff for us. Anyway, enough of that. Third thing, defend your new way of thinking. Defend your new way of thinking. If, we are gonna, if we're going to be what God wants us to be, and if we're going to move into what he's got for us, then we have to defend it. The way we defend it, it's already been said, Phil said it. The tongue has the power of life and death. You're looking good today. Oh, well, yeah, it's just something like three one. Oh, oh, have you had your hair done? Oh, well, they messed it up a bit. And I, I, don't, I don't know if I like it or not. And, you know what I mean? We're self-deprecating to the point of, oh, we walk in and say, hello, look at me. And it's like, hello, have a look in the mirror. <laughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty one: the tongue is the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Wow. You love your tongue, your tongue will only speak what's in your heart. Jesus says this in Matthew 12, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you speak negative, we don't have to read your mail. We know in your heart is full of negativity. If you're speaking bitterness, and the trouble is with it, you see, you can't stop it. You think you can stop it. You think you're doing really well. You think everybody thinks you're doing wonderful. We all know. We know what's in you. We hear it every week. We see it in, we hear it in life group when you go through the same thing and, and that's fine. But you've got to get help. The Holy Spirit. You need his help. And you need to work with him. How do I work with the Holy Spirit? I agree with him. I speak it out of my mouth. God, I'm going to speak what you need me to speak. I'm going to say what you need me to say. I am going to be what you need me to be. I'm going to confess your word over my situations instead of my situations over your word. 
Yeah. I'm going to be a prophetic voice to my future. Yeah. I'm going to speak my world into being. It says in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth through the word of God. And it says this, three verses, and the world is sustained by the power of his world. By the power of his word. Amen. What is it doing? It's saying he creates the world by his word and sustains the world by his word. Yeah. That's what you do. You speak out negativity, you'll soon be sustained in negativity with it. How do you demolish strongholds in your life? How do you demolish negativity? Stop speaking it. Speak life and it'll be amazing what'll happen. Look in the mirror and say, you look gorgeous today. Lie to yourself if you have to. (laughs) You might not think you look gorgeous. God made you the way you are. I'm jolly six foot two with a big belly. I'm going bald now because I'm 56. Oh, I wish I looked different. I've just got to say, hey, this is me, world. I've got to get on with it. Isn't it? You can mourn until the cows get on. Nobody's going to change it. The fact is, you are much smarter, much more good, good looking, much more beautiful than you can imagine. The devil doesn't want you knowing who you really are. I said it this morning. And you've got to start speaking up. I remember the first time I walked around the village I was in and actually started confessing, I'm a man of God, I'm appointed to come to this place. For me, that was a huge thing. Huge thing. I was insecure, I was shy, I was, I was so insecure. Every time I went to a conference, I'd see everybody there and I'd think, oh my God, I can't do this. And I remember walking through the village saying, God, you've called me. You have anointed my life. I am the man I need to be for this place. Something started to break in me. It didn't happen overnight, but it broke. I am the person I am today because I've had to handle all of that. And some of you are very shy. You're very insecure. You feel bad about yourself. Start speaking yourself up. Start agreeing with God. God will never, ever condemn you. Hello? Ever. Now, some of you, right, you do wrong, you feel condemned, you think, oh, God's really challenging me. No, it's not God. God will always encourage you to do better, but he'll never condemn you. Because condemn means pushing you down. God never pushes down. So anytime you feel put down, that's the devil. You need to get in his face and say, no way. I'm built on a rock. I'm not going anywhere. Christ is my hope. He is the one who has saved me. I am blessed, anointed, appointed. I am here to bring the kingdom of God into my family and into the things I'm doing. I thank you. And by the time you finish your prayer, you feel as if you can take a mountain. Instead of, oh, see, I can't do anything. I'm rubbish. It's no good. It's not fair. It's not fair. If I lived and if I had and if I went and if my job and if this person and if they didn't and if I did and if I didn't have. and Stop it. Get to grips with who you are today. We've all, you know, if I said today, right, hey, come up here and let's tell our sad stories. We'd all walk out of there depressed. I remember a woman coming up to me once, right, and she said, the thing I hate about this church, she said, why is it everybody testifies when they're through their problems? I want to testify. I'm in the middle of it. I said, that's not a testimony. That's a test. (laughs) A testimony is when you get to the other end and then you celebrate what God has done. We do, you know what I mean? Imagine coming into church. Hi, I feel rubbish. You probably do too. Let's, let's, let's go. <laughs> yeah. I'm being facetious, but you know what I mean. You've got to speak up what God has put in your soul. 
And if he ain't put it in your soul, then get to God until he puts it in your soul. Start to allow his spirit to take all of your life. To start transitioning your thinking into the place where you are in control of what you want to do. How's your thinking this morning? This afternoon? How are you? You're in a good place, you're in a bad place. Your circumstances can be so powerful today that they're overwhelming you. Bible says this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, he raises up a standard. The cross. That can prevent anything coming in. And you and me need to take those thoughts captive and start understanding that we're doing okay. You're all sitting here, you've got breath in your lungs, probably got a couple of quid in your pocket, you've probably got a place you're living in, you've got freedom to come and worship God. You look good to me. No ugly people in the room, they were all this morning. (laughs) Don't tell them. But the fact is, count your blessings. I was sitting down with our academy, and I'll finish with this. I was sitting down with our academy students the other day, and there's only eight of them in the room, and I said, okay, guys, I want every one of you to write down 20 things that are bad. And then I want you to write down 10 things that are good. And I said, right, we're not going to do it, so don't worry about it, we're not going to do it. But I said, I want you to give me one thing that's good about yourself. Just one thing that you think, you know, I'm good at or I'm this. Six people were able to give me one thing. Two people said, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. So when I said, okay, what do you think about him? And so straight away, four people told him something good. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 okay, yes. We are very, very good at thinking about how bad we are. Stop it. Start counting your blessings. Start counting how good you are. Start looking at yourself the way God does. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. The devil is scared stiff that you might discover how incredible you actually are. He is frightened of you discovering that it's his power in you that is the hope and glory. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ who lives in me. If, if, if the church could just get hold of it. You see, when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. He's going to come and he's going to lead you into all truth. The first truth that they had to discover is it's not about them. It's all about him. In the upper room, he filled them with his presence. And they were powerfully changing a city. Not because they had changed, but because someone who'd come to help them change their thinking, to move into what God had for them. And God wants to do the same with you. He loves you. He's for you. He has given you his spirit. And he's saying, come on, work with me in this. Work with me. I've got so much that I want you to achieve. So much I want you to accomplish. There's so many things that I want you to do. And I want you to enjoy the journey. I'm not torturing you. I haven't put you in a box. I'm not making you feel small. I want you to live a wide, expansive life. You love the adventure. But you have to change your thinking. I wonder if you bow your heads a moment. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.